2020 vision is about clarity. It's about seeing things clearly. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. That's 2020 vision. Throughout the course of this year, on this stage, from this pulpit, you're going to hear messages about 2020 vision for the entire year. We're going to just make sure this decade you step in with clear vision. That everything that hindered, obstructed clarity is removed. You're going to see God in you, with you, and through you like never before. You're going to see the favor and the grace and the gift of Jesus, the character of Christ, the power of God, the purpose of God. 2020 vision. So every biblical narrative we ever speak, any speaker comes in, that's your assignment, has to be on 2020 vision. Once upon a time, there was a man who worked for the IRS. It wasn't known as the IRS back then, but he was the tax collector of a city called Jericho. This man had bad reputation. He would not just collect the taxes that were due. He would exploit people and threaten them. Sounds like IRS. But he would, he, he would put a lien on their account, confiscate their property. Yeah, that is the IRS, right? Are we streaming? Great, now I get audited because of this. So this guy was bad because he would actually tax and get people to pay more than what they owe. He was corrupt. Bad guy. So this bad guy, name was Zacchaeus, he was limited in stature. Somebody shouted, just say he was short. <laughs> I don't know who did that, but you're right. <laughs> yeah, but we live in a, in a different culture now. We can't say short because it's politically incorrect. So he was vertically challenged. Vertically challenged. So he wants to see Jesus. He wants to see Jesus. The vertically challenged, corrupt tax collector wants to see Jesus. See, it's about seeing. So let me make it legal so you can know I'm not making this stuff up. G Luke 19, Jesus entered Jericho. Somebody say Jericho. And made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. He became very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short, vertically challenged, to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed on a sycamore fig tree beside the road because Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus! How many know that God knows your name? No, no, how many, like, truly straight up know that God knows your name? God doesn't go, hey, you. He calls you by name. He knows you. He knew you before you were, before your mama and your daddy did not binge on Netflix and that's how you were created? Because there was no Netflix back then? Be before your mama and your daddy did the thing and you were conceived, he knew you by name. The Bible says before you were even formed in your mama's womb, he knew you. Isn't that, by the way, not only did he, the psalmist said that you were beautifully made, wonderfully made. So he called him Zacchaeus. And then he said, hey, quick. He looked at Zacchaeus on a tree. He said, hey, come down. I must be a guest in your house today. He invited himself. Straight up, Zacchaeus never invited Jesus. Jesus invited himself. To go to his house. I'll, you're going to get this in a second. 
says, Caius quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house with great excitement and joy. The people were displeased. Haters going to hate. He has, he has gone to be on the guest of a notorious sinner, notorious Mr. Small. And... <laughs> That was bad, guys. That was bad, Biggie. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And I have cheap, all the people I've cheated on, I'm going to give them four times as much back. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. This is, this is going to be a real short message. Boom, boom. We're going to stop the short jokes right here. But here's the message. Here's the title of the message. Whatever it takes, exclamation point, sanctified shortcomings. Whatever it takes, sanctified shortcomings. Number one, where I live determines what I see. Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through the town. Where does Zacchaeus live? He lived in a city with a testimony. Jericho was not Lodi, Stockton, Elk Grove, Granite Bay, Rockland, Roseville, South Sac, Oak Park. Jericho had so much historical prophetic testimonies. I mean, Zacchaeus lived in a town that was rich with a testimony. It was Jericho in Joshua chapter 2 verse 18 when a woman named Rahab who was a harlot, that's a very fancy word for a prostitute, Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. She lived in the town. All of a sudden, two spies from the Israelites, the good guys, came in and said, we're going to conquer this land. It's the promised land. So we're going to bring this town down. But we're spying it. She protected them. If not, they would have been killed because she protected them. A harlot, a prostitute. She brought, she brought two guys into her house, which people were accustomed to seeing her bringing guys into the house. But this time, she redeemed the narrative she brought them in and they turned around and said all right here's the game plan mrs rahab this is what your life's about to change because you protected the children of god you blessed the children of god when you bless god's children your destiny changes so god's gonna do something here's what's gonna happen when we come and bring this town down you happen to have you happen to live on the wall jericho's wall she lived on the wall but in the wall she had a window stop three second break one, two, three. She lived on the wall, but she had a window. She lived on the wall, but she had a window. You may be you may be confronting a wall right now in your life, but as long as you have a window, you can see on the other side of whatever's in front of you. You can see on the other side of your obstacle. And when you're a Christ follower, I want you to know, when you're a follower of Jesus, I would lie to you if I would tell you that you're never going to have walls you're going to face. You're never going to confront walls. Yes, you will. But praise be to God, when we're God's children, we are about the window and not the wall. What does that mean? You will always have access to your promise. And if you can see through the window and see the promise on the other side, you and your family will be rescued in the name of Jesus. And and you will see your breakthrough take place. There's a window in there's a window on your wall. And so this is a story. Zacchaeus lived in that Jericho where she put out the scarlet rope, and subsequently, this Rahab and her entire family stood saved. And by the way, Rahab appears in the ancestry.com of Jesus. She appears. A former prostitute appears in the royal lineage of the king of kings and the lord of lords 
don't tell me that your past will stop you. Don't tell me that your failures will hold you back. Is there anyone here who can bear witness that in spite of all the bad things you did in your past, here you are as a child of God. Here you are as righteous royalty. That's what the blood of Jesus does. Jericho, somebody say Jericho. Jericho is not just the place where the scarlet rope and the window and the wall. Jericho is the place of Joshua 6.20. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. The walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged right into the town and captured it. Zacchaeus lived in Jericho, not only the place where there's a window in the wall, not only the place where entire families are saved, if they're holding on to the scarlet rope, which is typology of the blood of Jesus. Not only that, but Jericho is the place where we discover that when I I release what's inside of me what's in front of me will end up underneath me now let me, re let me repeat that when I release what's inside of me what's in front of me will end up underneath me simply stated my shout is greater than my wall I'm gonna say that one more time my shout is greater than my wall what Zacchaeus lived in the place that embodied the truth that what's inside of you is greater than what's in front of you. You need to always remember that, that correction, English correction, not just what's inside of you, who's inside of you is greater than what's in front of you. When we praise, when we worship, Zacchaeus lived in the town that taught him, that instructed us that when we praise and worship, it's not an exercise in religion. It's not a cultural dynamic of, of, of human beings engaging in some sort of mass hysteria. When we praise and when we worship, he who is inside of you comes out of you and fights for you right there at that moment. The reason we praise and worship in this house the way we do, it has nothing to do with the zip code or, or the ethnicities that are embedded in this house. The reason we praise the way we praise and we lift up our hands and we shout unto God in the voice of triumph is because of Zacchaeus. He knew that in Jericho, we know that in Jericho, when what's inside of us comes outside of us, what's in front of us will end up underneath us. So some of you this week are facing some serious things I dare you to open up your mouth and give God the kind of praise that lets them know that everything that is before you will end up underneath you I dare you to praise so powerfully that not only your walls come down the walls of your children come down the walls of your children's children the walls of your friends the ones of those that you love that are going through hell right now those walls come down the place where your shout is greater than your wall where, where, where you've heard this before where your wall becomes your children's bridge where your children would walk on top of the ruins of what you bring down in your generation and Jericho is the place Zacchaeus lived in the town he lived in the testimony of 2 Kings 2.4 and 2.19 it was the place that we alluded to in the offering it was the place that was barren Jericho said the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 2 had beautiful surroundings Jericho looked great Look great, but nothing grew. Read it. Jericho looked great. It said beautiful, pleasant, pristine surroundings. So from, from, from the outside looking in, back in the time of Elisha, they would look at Jericho, 
build on top next to the old Jericho the ruins of what happened in Joshua. And they would look at Jericho and go, that's the most beautiful city. Wow. It looked great, but nothing inside grew. Once you stepped in, you found out that things were dying. They would try to plant something, but it wouldn't grow. They would try to grow something, but it looked great from the outside. The surroundings were pristine, but once you got in, there are some people in life that look. That the style looks great. That the appearance looks great. That the postings look great. That, that everything aesthetically speaking looks great. But when you get to the substance, nothing is growing. Nothing is bearing fruit. Nothing is giving. Are you with me right now? Well, praise be the name of Jesus. When God shows up, he changes everything. And let me prophesy to you. Let me repeat it. In the name of Jesus, this is the day, the decade, the year where God's going to line up your substance with your style. I don't know if you got that right. No, no, no. No, you, you missed it. Not only are you going to look great, you're going to be great. I don't know. Nope, you missed it. Not only are you going to look great from the outside, but from the inside, you're going to think great. You're going to pray great. You're going to praise great. You're going to worship great. You're going to grow great. And every area of your life will bear fruit. Let me say it again. And is anybody here ready for a season where every area is bearing fruit? That wherever you sow a seed, it grows. Wherever you plant, it grows. Wherever you, it grows. Get ready. Get ready for the best harvest of your life. I dare you to look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, I know I look great. But through the blood of Jesus, I am great. My spirit is going from glory to glory. My righteousness is going from glory to glory. My testimony is going from glory to glory. I just don't look great. Jesus made me great. Your looks, your style is about to line up with your substance. If you're getting this, raise your hand. So it's that place now. Now, that's where you live determines what you see. Real quick, what I permit others to call me determines what I see. What do you permit others to call you? What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? What do you What's your name? What's your name? It's a name. So, what does this mean, Pastor? What, how is this like lined up with the real simple? Verse 2, we're just reading the book. There was a man in that Jericho that we just referenced with that, with that legacy of testimonies whose name was Zacchaeus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go back to the story. Zacchaeus was the vertically challenged individual tax collector who wanted to see whom? So he climbed on a what? Uh-huh. Do you know what Zacchaeus' name means? Don't take my word for it. Google, Wikipedia, do it right now if you want. It means, the chaos means pure or a person that is pure hearted. Oh, you missed it. I'm going to connect the dots for you because that's what we do. <laughs> Are you ready for this? His name means what? Pure, pure hearted. Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 makes a promise. Says, blessed are those that have a pure heart. 
because they shall see the Lord. Oh, you missed it. He was born to see the Lord. His name, his name meant I'm going to see the Lord. I don't know if you're getting this. He was a crook. He was corrupt. He had limitations, but he was still born to see the Lord. I don't care what you've done in your past. I don't care what you did in your time. You will still see the Lord. You're I don't care what you came out of. I don't care what family you were born out of. You will still see the Lord. You weren't born to live in sin. You weren't born to be an addict. You weren't born to be the tail. You weren't born to be broke for it. You were born to see the Lord. Somebody shout, I was born to see the Lord. Lift up both hands. I dare you to say, I was born to see the Lord. Say it like you mean it. I was born to see the Lord. My God, you weren't born to be in misery. You weren't born to go from problem to problem. You weren't born to beat the devil's punching back. You, like Zacchaeus, were born to see the Lord. No, 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 no. So what's your name? I'm going to tell you what your name is. I'm going to tell you what your name is. Did you get this? His name was pure, he, a pure heart. The pure hearted see the Lord. Oh, anybody wants another verse? Because you have to do two, according to your, your seminary, two verses at least. Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4. Who shall ascend into God's holy hill? I'm going to give you another version. Read it. And I, who will climb God's holy hill? Those that have clean hands and a what? I'm going to drop the mic and leave. What does Zacchaeus do with the tree? He, uh, because he was born to climb. I don't know if you're getting, you weren't born to stay in that pit. You weren't born to stay in that toxic relationship. You weren't born to stay in that sin. You weren't born to stay in that bondage. You were born to climb and see the Lord. You were born to see the Lord. What's your name? I'm going to ask you right now, what's your name? I want you to know when you're born again, your name is not Will, Jack, Ashley, Jen, Betty, John. Your name is not Rachel, Chandler, Ross, Phoebe, sorry, Monica, Phoebe. Sorry, that's a little. <laughs> ah, friends, how many of us have them? That's not, that's not what you were, that's not your name. When you're born again, you get a name. When you're born again, when you accept Jesus, your name changes, baby. Even Revelation says, I have a name for you. There's a name. I dare you to lift up your right hand. Today, you're going to give the devil a migraine. Repeat after me. I have a name. My name is blessed. No, say it like you believe it. Say, say it really loud. Say, my name is favored. My name is anointed. My name is pure heart. And as for me and my house... We shall see the Lord. We shall see the Lord. Is anybody ready to see the Lord in God's house here today? We shall see the Lord. The moment, the moment. Stand with me. Go ahead. We're done. I told you the short one today. You are standing. The moment you come under the Lordship of Jesus, under Christ, he said, in my name, I'm going to give you a name. And in my name, you shall do greater things. 
John 14, 12. In my name, you will cast out demons, Matthew 10, 8. In my name, you will heal the sick, Mark 16, 17 through 18. In my name, the same chapter, nothing will harm you. In my name, your name, look at me, your name. Your name, your name. His name lined up with his destiny. Your name lines up with your destiny. When you're born again, you're not an addict anymore. So why are you letting people call you an addict when you're not? Don't permit nomenclatures, descriptors. Do not permit people to call you by something you're not. You're a victim. You say, I used to be, but I'm not that anymore. No. My name is blessed. My name is saved. My name is delivered. My name is healed. My name is the righteousness of God. My name is temple of the Holy Spirit. My name is God's masterpiece in the apple of his eye. My name is co-inheritor with Jesus of absolutely everything. My name is heir, Galatians 3.14, of all of Abraham's blessings. My name is child of God, son of God, and believe it or not, my name is friend of God. What's your name? What's your name? You are pure heart. The blood of Jesus made you pure hearted. The grace filled work of Christ, that's your name. His name lined up, he had no other choice. No other choice but to climb, because he was born. He was born. You have no other choice but to overcome. Some of you are driven by the Spirit of God, by, your, by that name that he gave you. That's why even when your flesh says give up, you continue to fight. Why? Because you were born again to fight. You were born again to overcome. You were, over, you were born again to continue to believe. Even though we have moments. Now, now I'm, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this. Not only where you live defines what you see. Not only will you permit others to call you define what you see. But how you manage your limitations determines what you see. He tried to look at Jesus, verse 3, but he was too short to see the crowd. So he climbed ahead. This is what he... So as I finish, let me tell you what Zacchaeus, or did he do this? I want to see Jesus. You guys don't let me. You're too tall. And, and if you were really nice and politically correct... You would make a way. Some of y'all tall guys should just pick me up and just put me here. But you didn't. Matter of fact, I'm never going to see Jesus. And it's your fault, so I'm going to go home and cry. And if I end up burning in hell, it's not my fault. I wanted to see him. But it's the crowd. I'm going to blame it on the crowd. That's what Zacchaeus did, right? No. He didn't use his limitation as a crutch. He had one. I want you to hear me. He had limitations. He was short. He was morally short, morally corrupt. He had bad reputation. He had all these things against him. He was a sinner. All these things against him. And he didn't use any of those things as an excuse to stop him from seeing Jesus. Oh, you missed it. Stop using your shortcomings as an excuse for not seeing what God has promised you. Stop using your shortcomings as an excuse for not seeing the fullness of God's promises. No, no. If he, my goodness, this is the day. In the name of, what does that mean? It means that you're not in denial. He was short. He was a sinner. 
He was corrupt. People hated him. And yet he climbed on a tree. No, 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 stop it. That means when your faith is greater than your fear, because we do fight with fear. It's not, we're not in denial. There is fear. But when our faith is greater than our fear, we see Jesus. When your worship is bigger than your wounds, you see Jesus. When your praise is more powerful than your pain, you see Jesus. Is anybody getting this right now? I, I, if you're getting it, look at your neighbor and tell them, climb up that tree. Tell your other neighbor, climb the tree. Tell them, stop making excuses, climb the tree. Get over it, tell them, climb the tree. Shake it off, climb the tree. Climb the tree, climb the tree, climb the tree. We're done. His hunger to see Jesus trumped his shortcomings. He had weaknesses, repute, stature, but he had strengths, his name and his desire. And if you tell me here that you don't have any weaknesses, please, I want you to stand up even taller because I want to worship you. <laughs> and if you're so super holy, pristine, that you have no limitations, you don't have one flaw in your life, please come up here, grab the microphone, and walk on, walk on the air and walk on water. And just because this is, get over yourself, man. Every single person here, we may not have the limitations of Zacchaeus, but we all have shortcomings. We all have weaknesses. Some of them public, some private, some perceived, some explicit, some implicit. But in spite of it, this man to me is a hero. I know I'm weak. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm short. I know the crowd doesn't like me. But I've reached a stage of my life. Ready for this? He reached the I don't care anymore stage. The I don't care chapter in your life is where you no longer care about people, how they respond to your actions. When your hunger for Jesus trumps what people may say, then you see Jesus. Are you with me? When character is much more important than reputation, then you will see Jesus. I'm going to ask. I don't want to be presumptuous as I finish. I'm going to ask. Has any, is anyone here in this auditorium, have you, has anyone here already reached the I don't care stage? Is there anyone here who doesn't care if people criticize you, people judge you, people mock you, people unfollow you? You're going to follow Jesus for the rest of your life? You're going to look like Jesus, love like Jesus, forgive like Jesus, heal like Jesus? You're going to change them. Have you reached the I don't care stage? If you've reached the I don't care stage... By the way, by the way, here's something few people don't even touch. Some of you, some of us care, but it doesn't matter. That's a different category. It means I do care what you think, but it really doesn't matter. So I care about you. Your opinion has value, but it will not deter me from doing what I have to do for him. So let me ask that. Has anybody reached the either the I don't care or it doesn't matter stage? And you're willing to climb. Zacchaeus, climb. Please, please, please raise your hands because we are done. Your weakness. In spite of it, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, 
For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of the weaknesses. So the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. Hey, you're weak, but I see Jesus. Hey, you're short, but I see Jesus. Because short people, and I don't mean physically, I mean spiritually, those that are perceived to have limitations, short people, people that fall short, people that have fallen short but are saved by grace, when your shortcomings are sanctified, you see Jesus. Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am. Find the tree. Find the tree. I'm done. I'm going to let you go early. Look up here. Find a tree. Stop making excuses and find a tree. How much longer are you going to live on the crutch of your limitations? How much longer are you going to blame the crowd or blame your height or blame your educational background that was, you know, deficient, or your family heritage, your generational curses, the way your mama raised you, what they did to you when you were 12. How much longer will you live like that? Find the tree! And if you say, Pastor Sam, where do I find it? Galatians 3.13 says, hung on a tree. Jesus gave it all for us. He became a curse, which meant he took upon the curses and became a blessing for you and I. Find a tree. Start climbing. Done. Done. He I wish we had a tree, and I wish I had a short person. <laughs> Lauren, don't look for your wife. That's not right. <laughs> Nothing correct about that. So, if we had a tree, I thought she was going to come up. It would be really awkward. <laughs> look, look up here. Look, this is, this is crazy. Watch, watch this. He climbs up in spite of himself. Watch this. Ready for this? Are you ready? Watch this. This is my favorite part. And Jesus is walking by. Watch Jesus. This is Jesus. This is so cool. This is Jesus. Notice how he didn't focus on the crowd. Stop. I would speculate, and I know I would be correct. No hype here. There must have been some tall people in the crowd. But they did not draw his attention. He saw the one who did what others were not willing to do. Even though he had limitations. Because his hunger for the presence of Jesus trumped his weaknesses and shortcomings. And Jesus said this. I'm done. And Jesus said this. Zacchaeus! Why does Luke say he knew him by name? The reason why Luke is writing saying he called them by name. Called them. Not called them. If you read that in the Greek, it meant that through divine revelation, Jesus basically saying, I know you. I know you. No, I knew you before you even climbed up. Hey, Zacchaeus, what if I tell you that I'm on this road for you? What if I tell you that I knew you were going to climb up, so this was already preordained? What if I told you that I was going to do this publicly for your haters to know that I'm about to do the next thing? Your haters will never understand this. Hey, Zacchaeus, 
climb down. Why? Because I'm going to your house. Oh, stop for a second. Zacchaeus never invited him. Jesus invited himself. Because God is not interested in seeing people that are just interested in seeing him. God is looking for people that welcome Jesus into their house. I don't want you to come on Sunday and see Jesus. I want Jesus in your house on Monday. Jesus in your house on Tuesday. Jesus on your house on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So let me prophesy. Jesus is about to invade your house. Lift up your hands. I'm here to tell you Jesus is coming into your house. This today, by the time you get home, you're not going to find darkness. You're not going to find addiction, brokenness, bitterness, anger. You're going to find Jesus. Oh, you didn't even need to invite him. He invited himself. The moment you climbed up on that tree. Final, final. With your hands raised. Father, today we come to you with the understanding that where we live determines what we see. We live in Jericho's. We live in testimony. We live in the certainty that the God who did it before will do it again. We live in a place where we understand that what's inside of us, who's inside of us. When we release who's inside of us, what's in front of us will end up underneath us. My shout is greater than my wall. I have a window on my wall for the rest of my life. And if any walls ever emerge, I know I have access to the fullness of what's on the other side. Thank you for the scarlet robe. I understand that the barren place becomes fruitful. Lord, I thank you that my name is not broken. My name is not condemned to hell. My name is not judgment. My name is blessed. When I am born again, you change my name to save, delivered, healed, blessed, favored, anointed, the righteousness of God. And I'm not going to permit anyone to call me by anything else than what you have called me. I know my name because I'm under the name above every other name. The name of Jesus Christ, the risen King. And Lord, today, I want to thank you that even with my limitations and my weaknesses, I can still see God. I see you. I see you when I'm weak and I see you when I'm strong. I see you when I'm right and I see you when I'm wrong. I can still see you. And when I pursue your righteousness, you, hoo-hoo, thank you for invading my house. And for the rest of my days, Jesus will live in my house. I dare you to raise both hands and say, for the rest of my days, Jesus will live in my house. Whatever it takes, in Jesus' name. If God spoke to you today, can you give him the best praise offering you've given him in the past three months?